0: I'd like to welcome you to today's forum with the exciting title of Being Strong in the Lord, Personal Devotions. Yay! You know, when I uh, I was called and asked to do a forum on, on Christian finances, and I said, there is no way I'm going to do a forum on that topic. So then I got an email back that says, well, then will you would you be willing to do a forum on a team forum on on devotions, and I've got to be honest with you, I said absolutely, I'm excited for this one, immediately I wanted to do that forum, which is, is not my nature, I usually try to get a, out of doing work, but in this case I was willing to do it, so I've been thinking a lot about this, I'm really excited for the opportunity to present a little bit of material to each one of you, and... I can say, you know, I really look up to you all today. I'm looking up at each and every one of you. So, and we have all these witnesses here. You know, the the Bible talks about seeing we are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses in Hebrews 11. And I thought, okay, (laughs) this is really gross, isn't it? (laughs) I love this room, though. I really do. It just sets the the right mood for thinking about the things of the Lord to see a... Nothing does it for me like a two-headed calf. When I I see the two-headed calf, it's like, okay. Time for a forum. I'd like to begin with a prayer. Let's bow our heads and pray together. Heavenly Father, how important it is that we know who you are have your direction and input and control in our lives. Lord, I pray this morning that as we discuss this topic of devotions, that your spirit would speak to each one of our hearts. Lord, that the one-third of the members here who are Christians, who trust you for their salvation, would have the opportunity to grow deeper. And for the other two-thirds, Lord, we pray that you would continue to prick their hearts, as each one of us would want to be your child someday. Thank you for this topic and ask that you would be the teacher, the leader of this forum. We pray this in, in Jesus' name. Okay, I'm going to have more of an interaction type forum. I'm going to ask you you know, to participate. And there's just going to be only three things I want you to remember. And you're going to help me to, to get to those three things. What I'd like to do is, is see a show of hands... How many people here have ever been to Hawaii? If you've been to Hawaii, raise your hand high. Okay. How many people have? you Put your hands down. How many people have been to Alaska? Anybody been to Alaska? Okay, no hands at all. Okay. Uh, how many of us have been to the Grand Canyon? Oh, this is good. A lot of hands. Grand Canyon. All right. Obviously, I've picked out three very scenic, three well-known places that are supposed to be beautiful. Anybody have anybody have one that, that is uh, greater than that, that they think is more spectacular? Niagara Falls does... Niagara Falls in its own way, but... Lake Louise. Let's raise hands and, and let's be quiet so we can all hear you. Lake Louise. Lake Louise, that's... There's some nice things there, yeah. Uh, guys, let, let's not talk unless we got our hands and we're participating. It's not fair to everybody else. Yeah. Germany's got some beauty, right? Yes? Yes, it does. Nothing beats the, the, the smoke from those steel mills going up. The way that they billow and foam is just, words can't describe that. And that's why you know everybody's goal is to live in Hamilton. Thank you. Yes. Toronto. Toronto it's got some beautiful buildings, but not much in the terms of natural. Right, let's let's seriously focus on this. Everybody, please quiet. Spain. Spain okay. Have not been there. I think we're going to go with the Grand Canyon. We're going to talk about the Grand Canyon. So that's going to be. The first thing I want you to, to remember, the Grand Canyon, okay? Who has not been to the Grand Canyon? Okay. Andrew, you've not been to the Grand Canyon, okay. Who has been to the Grand Canyon? Okay, Tim, it's Tim right. Okay, Tim, Andrew, stand up. Turn around. Face, face the crowd. I would like you guys to talk to each other. Tim, I want you to describe the Grand Canyon to Andrew. We would believe you guys. It's beautiful. Uh, <laughs> it's huge. Uh, yeah, yeah, a lot of rocks. I don't know it's big, huge rocks. I Any animals? I didn't see any. I climbed around though. It's not easy to do yeah. Okay. Thank you. You can sit down. Anybody who's been to the Grand Canyon, did Tim do a good job of describing that? I got to tell you, that was, that was really poor. That stunk. Let's hear a better description, he says. Anybody want to have a go at describing the Grand Canyon? Byron, stand up. Project your voice. Everybody listen, please. As the sun set. <laughs> uh, very large, almost infinite, valleys, uh, rolling red rocks everywhere, steep in some parts, and others not beautiful sunsets, very much so. The sunset state. Um, as I said, it's like infinite. In certain spots, there are streams and whatnot that you can go through, which makes it very peaceful. And also, there's some nice fish to go through, and you can use some fishing down there. There you go, Tim, a lot one. <laughs> Thank you. Byron did a better job. But those of us who have been to Grand Canyon, did he do a good job? He did not do a good job. Okay, I'm going to try the Grand Canyon. 150 miles long. Five miles across from one edge of the canyon to the other. Two miles deep. Full, can be 30 degrees and snowing at the top of the canyon, 90 degrees hot inside. If you camp in the Grand Canyon, wild horses might run right by your tent. When Indians saw the Grand Canyon, one remarked, the finger of God. These are Indians. Europeans were asked, how wide is the river do you think flowing through the Grand Canyon? One guy said, 12 feet across. The spot he was looking at was two miles across. So it's huge. The, get some perspective of this. There, people lived in the, in the side of the Grand Canyon. So years ago, before uh, Vesna and I had children, before Michelle was born, <coughs> um, We decided to to take a trip, one last fling, before the torture of raising children sets in. And we went to California, we went to Hawaii, we went to the Grand Canyon, and we decided to take a helicopter ride over the Grand Canyon. So we met about 10 miles away from the canyon. There's just three or four of us in. They put these headphones on, and they told us a little bit about what we'd experienced. We took off flying about 50 feet above the, the trees, a lot of pine trees there just whipping along and they were playing Beethoven's fifth symphony in the background of, of these headphones. And, and, we're, and we knew the, the canyon was coming up there. We, we could kind of see that. And when we flew over the edge of the canyon, oh, it just felt like the world just dropped away. There was nothing there. And we were just in the middle of this place. And we took an hour and and the helicopter went right up to these old Indian dwellings and pointed out how they lived and where they lived. We went down and looked at the river. Unbelievable, spectacular. I will never forget that. But you wanna know something? I'm doing a poor job explaining the Grand Canyon to those of you who haven't been there. That's what it's like to describe a close walk with the Lord to those who don't have a close walk with the Lord. I can talk about how great it is, I can give you experiences, but you don't know what it's like until you try it. It's worth everything. And we are too cool for that, we're not ready for that. Guys, the Grand Canyon pales in comparison to what God has promised. Bible says that eye has not seen. An ear hasn't heard. And, and I've spent some time here trying to describe what my eyes saw. And we heard what the Grand Canyon's like. But the Bible says eye hasn't seen and ear hasn't heard, hasn't even entered into the heart of man the things that God has prepared for those who love him. So when we talk about devotions, when we talk about being strong in the Lord, I want you to think about the Grand Canyon and to know that God promises something beyond your ability to understand it.
1: Okay, some of the results of, of
0: this kind of a life. Bible says, happy are ye if ye do them. The promises of God. Victory over sin. We all struggle with sin. The, the struggle with sin is never ended. The, the type of the struggle changes over time. The, the, the depth of the victory changes. But we're all going to struggle. If you're trying to make yourself good enough for God, that will never happen I know people that have repented their whole lives and are lost. The only way you can repent is if you say, God, help me repent, do it for me. Stop trying to be a Christian and start being a Christian. Just do it, as the, the old advertising campaign said. You... You guys are facing a lot of decisions, a lot of questions, a lot of of choices. In our our class today, we made the point, don't make life decisions without God. Don't decide about a career. Don't decide about marriage. Don't decide about where you're going to live. Don't do these things without God's help. And if we're not his child, we can't expect him to help us make those decisions. Bible says if there's sin in our hearts, he will not hear us. Got to deal with the sin issue, become his child. So the Grand Canyon is, is, is our first point. Okay. I think you can all remember that. Our second thing here. The Atkins diet. What's the Atkins diet? High protein, low carbs. High protein, low carbs. What else? Tell me more about this diet. Pardon me? Raise your hands if you got something to add to this. Are you allowed to eat fat on the Atkins diet? You want a pound of bacon for breakfast? Fry it up. Enjoy it. A pound of hot dogs for lunch, bring it on. A gallon of, of ranch dressing to you dip your carrots in. Well, are you allowed to have carrots on Atkins. Carrots are high sugar. Yeah, okay, so. You can't have the carrots, but you can have the ranch dressing. No, ranch dressing is right. You're allowed to have ranch dressing. Okay, the Atkins diet. And What happens to you when you're on the Atkins diet? If you really stick to their diet, what happens to you? The fat drops off, right? You can lose 100 pounds in, in three months if you if you need to lose 100 pounds in three months. There's, there's variations of the Atkins diet, what are they? South Beach diet, the modified Atkins, you're allowed to have a few other things. You guys wanna be rich in your life? Come up with a diet, publish a book, get on Oprah, whatever it takes, you'll be rich. This is one of the biggest industries in North America because half of us, half of us need to shed a few pounds and we're conscious of our weight and our appearance and there's no age that that's greater than your age. There's all kind of bad things. Okay. I wanna be careful because I, I'm not a doctor and, and I haven't studied this a lot, but I pay attention to this. So a recent, a recent study came out in the Wall Street Journal that said that after, if you've been on the Atkins diet, after a year, the results of the Atkins diet are equivalent to any other diet that involves reasonable choices about what you eat and how you eat it and those kinds of things. After two years, there's adverse impacts. Colon cancer, whatever. My, In my own family, my brother-in-law, his hair was falling out. He couldn't go to the bathroom because he was on Atkins diet. He was nice and thin and he was unhealthy, couldn't sleep. So he had introduced a little bit of balance and. It's good if you want to drop some weight really fast, but even Atkins tells you this is not, this is not a long-term sort of a thing. Okay, that's my only point there, so no. Why am I talking about the Atkins diet? Why, what is this, what could this possibly have to do with the grain? I mean with devotions? We all want spirituality that happens easy. We want to become spiritual as we sleep. I love those advertisements. Lose weight while you sleep. Those are great. You buy these pills, in fact, we'll give you 30-day supply free. Take these pills and you will, if your fat will just drop off of you. And that's what we want with spirituality. I want to be spiritual, Lord, and I want it now, and I want it easy. You mean I have to read your word? I have to pray? I have to be disciplined? Ah! The big D word. Discipline. And so, we look for this. And I got to tell you, there's no spiritual Atkins diet. There is no substitute for regular daily time with the Lord. Those of us who are in the Lord, we know this. We know when we're close to God how things go, and we know when we're not. And we know when we spend time in His Word, He blesses us. And we know what happens when we don't. You are what you eat. I wrote that down. That's kind of scary. You know, like Twinkies, aren't there enough preservatives in those that I, you eat enough of those, you should really live forever, right? <laughs> Is that how the formula works? <laughs> okay, what's been what's been my practice when when God called me when I was uh, I was 15 years old? It was the week before camp, and I'll spare you the whole big treehouse story and all that because some of you've heard that. But if you're interested, I can I can tell you a good treehouse story. But anyhow, it was the week before camp and. I was, I was 15 turning 16 and I gave my heart to the Lord and went to camp and I got some really good advice some from a, a brother who was maybe 18, which when you're 15 and there's someone who's 18, it's like, wow, he's really old and experienced. And he, his life was so disciplined. He got up every morning and he prayed and he read the Bible. He did this even at camp. And I was so impressed with this guy. And John took me aside and said, Gary, that's the key. And so it has been my life's practice. To get up early, no matter what, spend time with God. Okay, so when I was in when I was in college, I'd, I'd get to the you know, I lived at home but I, I, I commuted to Akron University. I would be at Akron University by seven AM. I didn't have classes until eight or nine. Didn't matter, I got there so I could spend an hour in the Word in prayer. When I graduated from Akron University, I went to work for a big accounting firm, traveling, working hard. I got in the habit of going in the office or to the client or wherever an hour or two early. Just get out of bed and go. And I've been doing that for uh, 20 years. And it's every day. Sometimes, okay, I, I, I slack off on that. And when I slack off on it, my life changes and it's not for the better. But when God brings me back, get out of bed, Gary. Come on. It's five thirty, it's time to go, or five o'clock. And there there's no easy way, there is no Adkins diet to, to spirituality. You know, we, we could take some pills if we want to be real muscular, right? Ambro or or whatever they are, and let the steroids kick in and we'll pump ourselves up. And we pay the price for that. We pay the price; it's inescapable. You can't you can't dope when it comes to to sports and not reap the results of that in your life. You can't get muscles that are real without working out. We participate in athletics; we're willing to to run, to lift, to get up at the crack of dawn for athletics. Right? Swimmers are the worst. I mean, these guys are nuts. It's the dead of winter. It's cold. It's dark and they get up at four o'clock so they can go jump in the pool and swim. They're nuts. They shave their heads, they shave their bodies. And
1: And they're willing to do that.
0: (laughs) There's no way to be good at that unless you're willing to do that. What I'm shocked at is how far down it reaches. So I see fifth grade girls, Saturday morning, early, Sunday morning, Basketball practice, traveling around Ohio, going to Pittsburgh for a tournament, and I'm thinking these are fifth grade girls. These are these girls are 10 years old. They're 11 years old, you know. And, and guess what? They're good. They're good basketball players. They really are. I, you know, I went to tournament and I saw from fifth grade through 12th grade, and they had one side of the of the um, gym reserved for NCAA scouts. Uh, you know, I didn't know that, so I went to, I was, man, look at all the seats. I'm going to go sit over there. And they, they stopped me. They said, um, who do you represent? I'm like, the Lord Jesus? I didn't know that. <laughs> I didn't say anything. I'm like, uh, my son Timothy, he's going to be playing basketball. Uh, they said, you can't sit here unless you're a scout. I'm like, scout? What for? Oh, there's this girl that's going to be playing later in the day. And all the big colleges are coming to see her. And I'm like, oh, wow. I think I'll hang around and meet if I get a chance. And I got to see this this girl. Oh, about six foot two. She's about 160 pounds. She was so fast. She could jump. She could shoot. She was like a man among boys. And that's <laughs> they they were there to see her. Imagine what she had to do to be that good. There, there is no shortcut. Guys, there is no shortcut to spirituality. None at all. The, okay, the third thing I want you to remember then. Now we're going to talk about something I do know a little bit about. Compound... Compound interest. Compound interest. Y'all know who Albert Einstein is. He's is a reasonably bright guy. And Albert said that the, the greatest discovery of all times is compound interest. he's the, MP equals MC squared dude, so. He said the greatest discovery of all time is compound interest. Let me give you an example of this. If from birth to age 65, you put $1 per day into an investment account, when you're 65 years old, you will have twenty-five thousand roughly twenty-five thousand dollars. That's how many days there are from, from birth to age sixty five. Okay. If you put it into an account that earns five percent interest that's being compounded you will amass a sum of 175,000. So you put 25 in, you got 150 back in interest. If you put it into an account that earns 10% interest, and by the way, 10% is the reasonable rate of return. If you can earn 10% on your retirement funds and you are diligent about it, when you retire, you'll do well. If something earns greater than 10%, you gotta be careful might be a, a too, too much risk. If it's less than 10, you're probably being too conservative. But if you can earn 10%, which is, by the way, the, the average rate of return on the US stock market over its history, you will amass a sum of $2,500,000. You put in one dollar, you get a hundred dollars back. That's a hundred to one, right? That's called compound interest. And we love compound interest. You know what happens if you wait till you're 10 years old? This number is maybe 21,000. Not a lot of difference, is it? This number is 900 grand. A billion six in the last 10 years. Whoa. That's the the miracle of compound interest. It's not a miracle. it's, It's simple math. But think about that. I don't sell investments, by the way. I'm pretty good at that, aren't I? How many of you guys would would buy an annuity or put some money with me if if I talk that way? Yeah. You just delay ten dinky years. Of course, none of us from age birth did this, right? I mean, I, I was two before I started investing in the mutual fund. So we don't. But if our parents set it aside, what, what does the, what does this have to do with? With spirituality, with, with, our, with our devotions. Where am I going with this thing? We've talked about, we've got something you can't even describe. That walking with God has got to be experienced. And it's way better than we can talk about. We've talked about the fact that there's no easy way to get there. You need to be in the word daily. Now what are we saying here? I'm saying you put your 1% in And God puts in him the 99. I'm saying you invest some time every day. And the return on that is not commensurate with your investment. You cannot outgive God. You cannot enter an equal transaction with him. The blessings of God on our lives, when we invest time, Compound. Okay, that's my pitch. That's my sales routine. That's my three things: Grand Canyon, Atkins diet, compound interest. Somebody come up to me on Friday and repeat these to me. If you see me, you know, if I'm walking by, I say, "Hey, Atkins," just or "Yo, compound interest," to let me know that you got these things and think about those things in your life. Now, I just want to add a few things to this in the way of, of, of tips and techniques. If you're writing stuff down, here's a, a good place to start, start taking notes. What's the easiest way to get out of bed in the morning? Raise a hand, please. Raise a hand. What's the easiest way to get out of bed? An alarm? No, and I hate that alarm clock. Isn't that awful? Call it an opportunity clock, but not alarm Lights? No, that's that's not good. What's that? Okay, but let's say you got to get up early. What's the easiest way to get up early? Not an alarm clock. What's the easiest way to get up early? Go to bed bed at night the night before. And we stay up all night at camp, fooling around, and then God doesn't touch our hearts. Guys, Go to bed at a reasonable time. And in your life, and camp's fun, okay, I did the same thing, I do the same thing. But in your life, get to bed on time so you can get up, so you can spend time with God. Now, I power through it. If I'm up till 12, if I'm up till 1, I still get up at 5. If I treat myself, I get up at 5.30. And guess what? I don't feel any better. I don't feel any better at 5.30 than at 5 o'clock. I'm bone tired both times. If I sleep till 6, I'm beat. If I sleep till 7, I'm tired. If I sleep till 8, I'm bushed. It doesn't make a difference. I don't get to bed on time so you can get up so you can spend time with God. Now, I power through it. If I'm up till 12, if I'm up till 1, I still get up at 5. If I treat myself, I get up at 5.30. And guess what? I don't feel any better. I don't feel any better at 5.30 than at 5 o'clock. I'm bone tired both times. If I sleep till 6, I'm beat. If I sleep till 7, I'm tired. If I sleep till 8, I'm bushed. It doesn't make a difference. I don't, I don't wait until I'm rested. I just get out of bed. But I go to bed the night before. What am I trying to say? you got to be practical about this. Get good rest. Make good decisions. Be wise. You can't burn the candle at both ends. I wanna talk about supplies. If you're gonna do this, the Bible. I think most of the the churches we go to uses the King James Bible, so y'all should have a King James Bible. But please, go get some other versions, some translations, some paraphrases to use as a guide also. Okay, I have read through the NIV, the NASB, the Revised Standard Version. I'm working my way through the message, anybody? Have the message, it's a paraphrase, not a translation. J.B. Phillips, these are all good because they all look a different way at God's word. And right now in this book, The Message by Eugene Peterson, everybody quiet, please. The Message by Eugene Peterson, okay. Paraphrase, so it's not a literal translation. You can't take it as the truly, completely inspired word of God. But I read things in there and I'm just shocked. And I say... (laughs) He's wrong. This guy's off. This can't be what the Bible says. Give me the old King James. So I pull out my my trusty King James, and I read and I reread, and you know what I say? The guy is right. That's what the Bible says. I, I'm so used to this, though, that, that I have a hard time. Rory, please, bye. So guys, get a couple translations. Get a couple versions of the Bible. Use them. There are some dangers, a few. There are some benefits, many. Get a Bible in a language you can understand. But, but bear in mind, get used to the version that your church uses too because that's what you're going to worship in. Get a Bible dictionary. A lot of words in the Bible, we don't know what mean. Please invest or have your parents invest in a Bible dictionary. None of us would, would take a class on anatomy and not have a glossary or a, or a, or a dictionary. And, and so let's let's do the same with, with God's word. Concordance. We know what a concordance is, right? It's where you, you know the word, but you don't know where it's found. So you can look it up in a concordance. Uh, how many times is the word strong in the Bible? Anybody know? How many times is the word strong in the Bible? 253 times. Go to the concordance. It'll list all 253 times. It'll give a brief citation. And then you can... Find that verse. Where does it say, be strong in the Lord? I know it says it somewhere. That's how you find those. Get a journal. Anybody keep a diary, or is that way, way, way like out of style? If you keep a diary, get a diary. Write down what God, God shows you. When I was a teenager, I had I had my own journal, and it was it was personal. I wouldn't let anybody look at this. But each day I wrote down what God showed me, and I wrote down verses I would like to memorize. Okay? I can tell you this. I could learn 10 verses in my teens with the amount of effort now that it takes me to learn one-tenth of a verse. There was a a verse in Isaiah that just popped out at me a few months ago, and I said, you know what, I want to memorize that one, that one's so good. And I wrote it down, and I memorized it, and I went back five minutes later, and I, I, I couldn't get the whole thing, so I had to look at it again. Then I went back an hour later and was like, I forget how it starts, but if I could just get it started, I can get through the end. And then the next day it's like, okay, I know it's about God helping me. And and boy, did I have to work so hard to memorize this. And I realized that when I was a teenager, I could have learned 10 verses. Don't squander these prime learning years. I, I mean, I'm not saying I'm like getting stupid in my old age or anything, but if it was easier then... So use this journal for prayer, for observation, for your memory verses. Get a reading schedule. Anybody have a, a schedule that go through the Bible in a year? Anybody want a schedule? You can email me. I've got all kinds of schedules. I've gone through the Bible in a year. I've gone through the New Testament four times in a year. I've gone in chronological order. I've gone in the order it's written. You know, I've gone linking the prophets to, to the hit time of history get some kind of schedule that you can follow something this good something this spectacular something with this kind of return you can bet there's going to be serious opposition and you face that opposition in your life you face that opposition in your life every day you face that opposition in the form of of media school friends i got to tell you the What I'm the most irritated, you want to hear what I'm most irritated about the the teenagers in, in our church? And I'm a 43. What most irritates me is Christian youth who give in to peer pressure. The peer pressure of other Christians to not be serious about their faith. See, those of you who are lost, you're lost. You're doing your job. You're sinning. You're doing a good job that. You're lost. That doesn't... God will call you. And when he calls, answer. But if you're saved, be serious about your faith. Even if your friends aren't. That's what irritates me. Because these are the years. Guys, these are the years these are the investing years don't blow it by letting your friends or some or the internet or instant messaging or whatever it is don't let it blow the prime opportunity for god to deal with your heart he wants the grand canyon for you don't settle for it. hamilton <laughs> Or even Toronto. Oh, <laughs> Not, you know what, Kitchener. I don't put Kitchener in that That's category. Right. Yeah. It belongs in that area. I just don't put it there. My wife is from Kitchener, so I, you know, I can overlook a lot with with that. Okay, we, we've come to the end here. Think about these concepts. I'm I'm really serious about this. That's why I was so hyped up to do this forum. I said, I I will do this. Because if if, if we can just tap into that, oh, how God wants to bless us. Thank you very much.